Hello, it's the final talk in the present series on Search for Truth today. It's called Which Boast is Excluded? And that's an intriguing question which will be explored in your Bible study with your teacher Brian Johnston. If you've been following this series, you'll recall we've looked at words such as salvation, grace, faith and works. And I hope you've found these talks helpful if you've been following. If you have, we'd be pleased for you to tell us. And perhaps you might do so when you write in to request the book, the e-book, which accompanies this series. In the meantime, here's Brian. Thanks, John. The atheist philosopher Bertrand Russell was once asked what he would say if he found himself standing before God on Judgment Day and was asked, Why didn't you believe in me? Russell replied, I would say, Not enough evidence, God. Not enough evidence. If you dare to write a blog or post to Facebook on issues of Christian faith, you should be prepared for the same refrain. There's not enough evidence. But we must ask, not enough for what? Do you mean that there's not enough evidence to compel someone to become a Christian? Most people are spiritually apathetic, too busy or unconcerned to be bothered about spiritual things. They just can't be bothered to look into the evidence for Christianity. Most people aren't even acquainted in the least with the evidence for it. This remains true for academics and high-profile atheists who at times display glaring ignorance of the evidence that any open-minded, careful research finds. They boast in their own intellect, but are shockingly ignorant about the reality of what they either affirm or deny. Such boasting is not good. They would do well to consider the counsel of the Bible prophet Jeremiah, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. That's Jeremiah chapter 9. History affords an example of someone who boasted in his accomplishments in his credentials, so to speak, and who for a while thought to do everything in his power to oppose Christianity, although he was a fervent believer in the existence of God. He may have had the intellectual horsepower to mix it with the best of them, but his thinking was dramatically turned around to the extent that he could then say, may it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. And so Saul of Tarsus became the Apostle Paul, the distinguished early Christian apologist. But there's another kind of boasting that's perhaps equally effective in denying the Christian message. I think it was Michael Green who may have illustrated it in this way. A man was appearing in court, charged with the offence of stealing his neighbour's motorcycle. The evidence against him was compelling, Yet he said he was there to demand justice for himself. The judge addressed the defendant and asked, What do you mean that you are here to demand justice? The object in question was found in your possession, and you admitted that you didn't have any permission to take it. How on earth do you think it's in your interest to demand justice? The defendant didn't hesitate before responding, Your Honour, I fully agree that on the day in question I stole my neighbour's motorcycle. Well then, interrupted the judge, you stand self-condemned. No, Your Honour, if I may, 
I repeat my demand for justice. They are prejudicing my case by selecting that day in question, for I maintain there have been a great many other days when I did not steal his motorbike. I wish these also to be taken into account. Have you ever heard the defence on those grounds? I think it's safe to say our defendant would be laughed out of court. But I asked a moment ago if you'd ever heard a defence based on such grounds. Could it be that it's vaguely familiar? What defence are you preparing against a time when you stand before God? Yes, there's credible evidence to take this idea very seriously indeed, even if Bertrand Russell thought to the contrary. If you've been thinking that your defence before God will be along the lines of, sure, I've done some bad things, but I've done many good things, then isn't that the same type of defence that you smiled at a few moments ago? I fear a lot of people are in this situation. Perhaps you are. Its naivety has never struck you before. Anyone who plans to boast in their own good performance in the main is in this predicament. Might we just also observe that whatever we regard as good in ourselves is not viewed in that same way by God. In fact, God is on record in the Bible book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 12, stating that in his estimation, there's not one of us who in our own strength does anything he regards as good. So all boasting on our part is futile. I probably don't need to remind you again of the Bible text at the centre of our study, comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. By this late stage in our exploration, we've already defined the salvation here as being salvation from God's final judgment, with its means being by God's grace, that is, his unmerited favour towards us, which is accessed by genuine, action-based faith on our part. Our previous study drew attention to the emphasis here being against this salvation being of our own working. In fact, these two verses go to quite unusual lengths in disabusing us of any lingering idea that we can get to heaven on our own merits. We might ask, could it be any plainer? Positively, Faith is identified as the means, but then negatively, our works are singled out as not being the means of our salvation. Of course, God knew how persuasive and attractive to us would be the boastful thought of us thinking we could somehow possibly be there in heaven based on merit. To completely put an end to any suggestion that the Bible's message could at any point be mistaken on this most important issue, we are not only told that our works don't count, but additionally we are told that no one in heaven will ever be able to boast in their own right to be there. That is altogether here so comprehensively and emphatically ruled out in unmistakably plain language. But let's take our cue from the way this text handles the matter and spell it out. If you could make a personal contribution to your salvation, if you even slightly deserved it more than others, if even your faith was truly yours, if grace was not entirely sufficient, then you would be able to boast. However, we are told that's ruled out as simply not being possible. In making that point, I'm suddenly reminded of an incident in the life of Jesus on earth 
as recorded by Matthew in the gospel bearing his name, in chapter 19 in fact. Someone once asked Jesus this question, What good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? The Lord dealt with the question in such a way as to show that none of us, by ourselves, can even begin to plumb the depths of what it would require us to do. Jesus' own close followers were stunned by their Lord's answer. Then who can be saved? they asked, somewhat incredulously. They said this because they understood Jesus to have ruled that our own works cannot possibly save us. Jesus replied, With people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And the good news is that God did the impossible at the cross. It was there, outside Jerusalem, about 2,000 years ago, that the previously immortal died. God's Son having become also human for the express purpose of dying. And it was there that the Holy One was charged as guilty. Our guilt was transferred to Jesus, who was totally and completely without any sin of his own. It was there, when Jesus died in our place, that God recognised Christ's death as the Christian believer's own death, that being the wages of sin. It was there that death itself was defeated. Through Jesus' resurrection, we may have new life in him and so become, in the only way possible, hell-deserving sinners who are amazingly accepted by God for a reserved place in heaven. Well, we've now reached the end of our studies based on these two marvellous Bible verses, verses which have made the good news of God so powerfully clear and effective to so many, many people. I do hope and pray our shared thoughts may be helpful for you too. Perhaps it's now time to revisit our opening question in a different guise. I have a friend who likes to provoke thought by gently challenging it. If you were standing now at heaven's door and were asked why you should be admitted, what would you say? Well, what would you say? Cheers, Trey.
Our choice of him today is very fitting for the title of Brian's talk, which boast is excluded. The second verse says, I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. So this is the final time I remind you there's a free book to go with this series of six talks. It's an e-book unless you ask for a paper copy. And a copy can be yours if you write in by post or email. As I said earlier, we'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have after listening today. If you'd like a copy of the book, just ask for 60 Minutes to Raise the Dead. You can do this, as I said, by email or by post, and here's our postal address first. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. Search for Truth, PO Box 748, Ringwood, Victoria 3134, Australia. Search for Truth, PO Box 70115, Chilomany, Blantyre, Malawi. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now you might be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into e-books and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash kindle hyphen e-books. When you're in the Kindle store, just type Search for Truth, Brian Johnston, into the field and you'll find them. So, it's been lovely to enjoy your company here on Search for Truth and so many thanks for making the effort to be with us. I look forward to you joining me again next week, if you're able to, when we'll be starting another new series of talks, God willing. Until then, it's bye for now. Very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian our producer David, our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime, may God richly bless you.